0: This Is Isla podcast.
1: Hello and welcome to This Is Isla. This is Lara Mackay. And this is Jasmine Middleton. Welcome Jasmine, happy to have you here with me. It's great to be here. <laughs> Last time you heard me on This Is Isla, I was being interviewed about my regular job as manager of the McTaggart Youth and Families Outreach Services, otherwise known as MyFoss, based in Port Ellen at the Cyber Building. This time, we're really pleased to announce the partnership between This Is Isla and MyFoss. Part of this is Isla's remit is to bring in volunteers and assist with their training in all aspects of podcasting, so for this reason we're a perfect match. It fits perfectly with some of our programmes at MyFoss to get the young people of Isla engaged with digital media and build their skills in recording and presenting. Most of all, to give them a voice, a new way of expressing themselves and get them working on some arts and some, some topical subjects together.
2: That's right. So Lara's wearing two hats this time, one for MyFoss and one
1: for This Is Isla. And Jasmine's here, very kindly, as a guest host and one of our up-and-coming MyFoss podcasters, working with us in various programmes and activities around Isla. We keep you busy, don't we, Jasmine? You do indeed. (laughs) The theme of our partnership is This Is Isla and MyFoss, McTaggart Youth and Families Outreach Services, joining forces to give Isla Youth a voice. And to kickstart the partnership... Jasmine and I are hosting this episode of This Is Isla. We're very excited about it.
2: And later on we'll hear a segment, a mini podcast, featuring very local music recorded at the Cyber Sound Studio at the Cyber Building in Port Ellen. That's where we
1: are now. After all those months of dreaming about it, here we are recording a live podcast. How does it feel, Jasmine? I'm a bit nervous, not gonna lie. (laughs) We've waited for such a long time, haven't we? It's just you been really sitting have. here doing nothing, um, waiting for the the regulations to change, and now here we are doing what we really wanted to do. So, how's your summer been? It
2: has been pretty good. Yeah, um, I've been was usually in England most of the time. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Having more fun than what you would have had here. Yeah,
1: definitely. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, we had a pretty hectic summer programme, we're all a wee bit tired now, but it was really exciting. We had bushcraft, we had kids clubs, we had summer beach parties, it was just non-stop fun for the whole summer. Um, but yeah, lots of activities, lots of outdoor adventures um, and lots of using this place again to, to have music production um, courses which was really fantastic and which we'll talk about as we go on in the podcast. We also have had some exciting new funding news. We've had great news from the Young Start Fund. Um, It's the National Lottery Community Fund based and that's going to start on September the 13th. That will allow us to support young people into employment, young people with barriers to education and who maybe need a bit of motivation and a bit of support along the way. Also, we have got funding for the next year for our supporting young women and girls project, which will see us open up the new shop, the new sustainable style store, with Jasmine's help as a young women's ambassador. So not much chance to get away, really.
2: Nope. (laughs) And now we've got the new season of programme starting. That'll run through the autumn and winter, so we're going to be busier than ever. But now to the podcast. Coming up in this episode, Glenn Roberts in conversation with Lord George Robertson of Port Ellen about his new book, A Personal Portrait
1: of Isla Presented in Photography. And later on, we'll hear more about the partnership between This Is Isla and My Foss and that CyberSounds recording. But first, here is Glenn Roberts with Lord Robertson
3: well it's a, a nice sunny day here on Isla, and I'm at the Gaelic Center just outside bemo, and I'm going to have a short conversation with Lord Robertson. Now, you who come from Isla will know his background for those of you who live on the mainland will know him in his career um, discussing. National international um, issues, as he was, was at one time the Secretary of State, a minister, and obviously the NATO secretary um, and is An eelich. so it, what the only way to describe the gentleman is the most important word Anlich. However, amongst his many, many um, involvements in his career, he's taken up books. So we're going to hand over to George, and I hope he doesn't mind me calling him George, um, to discuss the present moment, the first book. So I'm going to hand over for George because I'm losing um, my thread.
4: (laughs) Glenn, uh, I'm sorry you're losing your thread. I do it quite often and quite regularly, I have to say. Uh, and uh, you know, this is a time when uh, when one is being ta- tasked all the time to to deal with uh, a whole series of things. But being an Isla I find relaxes you. you you, you have the daily sort of demands on your time and I do a lot of different things now in my sort of su- supposed retirement Um and I look at the to-do list before I come here and I get worried and I get bothered and can I finish it and I say well I'll do that on Isla, I'll finish that on Isla, I'll complete that on will and the moment you come off the ferry at Port Ellen or Port Askaig, it just doesn't seem to matter in the same way as it did on the on the mainland, so um, I've enjoyed uh, a few weeks here. Uh, I enjoyed a few weeks uh, after the the lockdown, and uh, I've been back here for uh, some quite glorious weather, and also some pretty miserable weather as well. But I think the theme of my my new book, which is a personal portrait of the island of Isla, is really based on uh, some of the photographs that I've taken. You know, photography is a hobby of mine. Uh, one might say an obsession occasionally. Um, but I love taking pictures. And Isla is a photographer's paradise. The changing weather, the changing scenery, um, the, the light is so pure that it makes photography really wonderful. You know, last night, uh, if you remember, uh, was a quite remarkable night in Isla uh, for part of the island. I watched the cloud inversion over the rims from my window. I watched the sun through the mist in a, a, an amazingly circular globe. and then the clouds rolled right across the rims across Loch and Dall, and took over half the island. Only half the island was covered in that mist. Stopped the plane this morning because the mist continued, but I thought I wonder if the sunset at Salago will be worth watching in these circumstances. If the mist clears, it's going to be quite special. So I jumped in the car. My brother said he would come with me, uh, and we drove over to Saligo. You could basically you couldn't see really your hand in front of your face. Uh, my brother Nigel thought I was completely mad when I got out of the car with all my equipment and went down on the beach. But actually, I took some remarkable pictures. in the In the uh, sort of ghostly atmosphere, Saligo looked completely different to what it usually does. And Saligo Bay is on the front cover of my of my book. So you get this variety in island. You know, I've got thousands, literally thousands of photographs. Salago Bay and here was a completely different vision and then I, I, I spotted in the mist some people. Now Salago normally is, is quite empty and yesterday during the sunshine clearly there was a lot of people there, the, ch- the sand was all churned up, but these people were, were sort of uh, I don't know, mucking about and one of them went into the water um and it produced one of my best photographs and i told them afterwards they were just some tourists i'd gone down and one of them decided to have a paddle and in this ghost-like atmosphere it produced this uh, this uh, photograph that is pleasing to me i don't know whether it'll be to other people so you know that's what isla is like it's it's a photographer's paradise so you've got, you know, you've got the whiskey distilleries, you've got the birds, you've got the scenery and you've got an addiction to an island that affects not just people like me who was born here, but so many other people as well. And I try to capture that in this, uh, this little little book, which is being sold at £8 and all of the proceeds, all of that price goes to the uh, Museum of Isle of Life in order to, uh, to, to encourage it uh, as well.
3: I, I know I purchased the copy and um, I notice uh, I have fame at last because um, my photograph is also included. However, I got a message from a friend that said, how much did Glenn pay you to include his picture? <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, so I'm going to leave that with a question mark, however, um, how did you think of the people and how did you pick the people, besides my good self of course, um, to include in the book? And I know um, we had a look at the book to refresh our memory before you joined us, and I know some people who, photographed are included, have passed away, but did you... How did you decide to pick the ones you have chosen, and did you cut anybody out that you felt would be available for the next book?
4: Well, you, the, the, the story of the people section is that, and I, this is the second book of photographs of Ayla that I've published. The other one sold out, uh, and uh, the photographs I'd, I never thought were particularly great for me, but they, it was a commercial publication by Berlin, um, and I've always wanted to do, you know, uh, another one as well, and I was at a dinner party one night in London, um, a guy uh, from Danone, actually, John McCaslin's home, uh, and uh, there were, one of the guests was a guy called Martin Parr, now that may May not mean anything to you, but in the world of photography, Martin Parr is a giant. He's huge. Uh, he's had personal big exhibitions at the National Portrait Gallery. So he's, he, he is very, very significant. So I was a bit awestruck uh, uh, by his presence. And I told him that I was going to do another Book of Isla pictures. So he said, Well, are you going to put people in it? And I said, Well, there were people in my first one you know, some, some interesting people in that as well. He said, no, 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 do lots of people. He said, do lots of people. He said, take as many pictures of people as you can because, he said, the scenery is always going to be there. He said, you know, that's, that's there. It's a permanent feature. The people are not. And we don't, we don't really, as a society, you know, archive the people that are around about us who make our society up. Uh, The scenery goes on, they disappear, and there's nothing left behind. And I thought, well, that's absolutely true. And actually, as you know only too well, it's the people who make Isla. You know, the friendly people, the open people, the democratic people who accept everyone, you know, from the aristocracy down to the ordinary individual, are welcome and made to feel at home in the island, so I just uh, started to take more and more pictures. Some of them were formal. I asked people and they sat down, and and, uh, and I took their photograph. Others I just snapped, you know, from time to time, like your picture, which was at the World War World War One commemoration at Kilkoman. Um, I was just taking pictures of people randomly there. Um, and adding to the to the collection. Now, maybe some people would object, maybe some people didn't think I did them credit, but I've actually had more complaints from people who are not in than I have from people who are actually in as well. So it was a fairly random selection of people that I knew or people I'd met or even people at the show that I thought had interesting faces or interesting stories as uh, as well you know the uh, the picture of Mary Porter with her uh, her uh, purple colored sheep you know sort of just uh, it was a process randomly done by me to sort of build people in so you know there, there's a memory there so you've got people like uh, Lily McDougall who reached her centenary driving a wee fast car and enormous Speed, you know Tom Friedrich, you know, who looked after Isla House uh, you know so lovingly, um you know Bruno Schroeder, who died you know in between the time I took his picture and the book coming out, but also lots of people who are alive and well and kicking and uh, and are still part very much of of the island as a whole, and I think what I've tried to do is just to produce a picture of an island of spectacular beauty. But also an island made up of, of people, and and it's the people basically who make the island and make the island so special.
3: And you also, um, you also the la- have your um, picture painting done by Meyer Finger, who um, had an exhibition here at the centre. Um, which is your preference? Um, is it photography, or is it painting or as, a, as, a, uh, as painting is a an art form and you would take it that photography is an art form as well
4: well, it is photography is an art form and and, and I like to think it i, I can 't uh, draw at all you know i 've got no uh, artistic ability in that in that direction you know but i I, I see life through a camera lens and i like uh, uh, doing that, you know, and you know, for a lot of my life, you know, when I was in the Ministry of Defence and then in NATO, I was the subject of lots of photographs. You know, I didn't, you know, I couldn't take pictures. So you, know, the opportunities were incredible. But when you're actually, you know, the subject of the photographs, it's very difficult to whip out a camera. You know, I once, uh, I once did it in uh, in Pristina after the Kosovo conflict. And I was, I was taking a photograph of a building that we'd bombed. You know, the, uh, the, uh, the building, the headquarters of the military, the Ministry of the Interior Police, a particularly brutal bunch of thugs. And we'd, uh, we'd put a bomb through the roof and destroyed it and, and hadn't destroyed any of the trees round about it or indeed any of the people in it. It was forensically done. But uh, Sky Television took photographs of me taken photographs of the building and sort of made a feature you know so so there was that period where I was restricted but uh, I like doing it uh, elsewhere and uh, you know having a bit of time and consideration to uh, to do it.
3: And, and what about um, the good lady how does she feel about you disappearing at all hours of the day and night to take photographs of sunsets and sunrises.
4: Well, you would have to ask how, um, but I think your, uh, photographers frustrate other people. Stopping the car, you know, in order to jump out and to take pictures, you know, and not just one, because usually you've got to take a few, can be very irritating to people who are not as fascinated by photography <laughs> as uh, as you are. Yeah, there's a degree of frustration involved in it. Indeed, I once I once met this uh, aristocratic woman, um, and she said, "You know, my husband's got a mistress." And I thought that's remarkably frank. You know, that takes a you know a real aristocrat to say something as openly as that. And she said, "Yes, it's called Photoshop," and I knew exactly what she meant. <laughs> you disappear into your computer, looking at your photographs and and manipulating them and, uh, and, and examining them all the time. So uh, one, one gets a little bit like that.
3: And when you visit the island, do you see through the camera the changes that are, are happening on the island? Like, um, the, for example, the path from uh, Baclady to Port Charlotte and the three distilleries path at Port Ellen you know, this is all new and changing, but through the camera lens, this is not changing um, the island. No, 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 the word, not the island. But if you look at um, Bacladi, Port Charlotte, the view is then improved for, for people like yourself who are out taking photographs.
4: I think the island is uh, remarkably enhanced by some of the changes that have taken place. You know, for example, you know, the distilleries, when I was young, you know, a long time ago, were, were off limits. You know, they used to have signs saying, no admittance except on business. You know, keep out, private. Um, because they were basically factories making, making whiskey at that time. Um, now, every one of them has got a visitor centre. You know, they're like sort of cathedrals uh, to the whiskey spirit. Uh, So that's a big, big change and a big transformation and a huge employment sort of generator uh, as well. But I think the paths are really quite dramatic. Um, And indeed, I was saying yesterday when I was driving past, you know, the the Brookline to Port Charlotte one, the new one, you know, just how astonishing it is, both in getting the funds, doing the planning, and the the civil engineering required you know to actually do it and to build the bridges that are required you know the acquisition of the land in itself must have been a huge effort so so those of you who are involved in in the in the past you know, have got a huge amount of credit uh, to be taken as well because you know for a start it saved lives you know it were, the people who wanted to go on the three distillery route were taking their lives in their hands when they were walking along some of the bits of that road so it's now, you know, an enormous asset to the island and to the visitors uh, as a whole and as you say, uh, the Brooklady to uh, uh, to Charlotte one is going to have pretty spectacular views I haven't been able to walk it myself yet um, but I can believe that that is just going to be tremendous, uh, and it's not a part of the, the world that you would ever have dreamt stopping your car on. And you certainly would have thought twice about walking the distance. Mm. So I'm looking forward to the Beaumont to Bridgend uh, path when it uh, when it comes along.
3: Um, but, uh, we, I think we're, we're, we're all very much looking forward to it. Um, do you, Although we picked up on the photography side... Um and you have mentioned a number of other books. Do you write books as a as a an author? No. No.
4: No. And people keep saying, Why have you not written an autobiography? And I basically say that I haven't got the time. Yeah, I keep very, very busy. <laughs> I would quite like, in a way, to do something, and I, and I write articles. You know, I've uh, I, I I write I write stuff. I did a big article last week about the uh, Afghanistan situation in an online magazine called Scottish Review. You know, I've written an article this week for the Glasgow Herald. You know, so I've written articles uh, and papers. Uh, you know, and. Uh, sort of pamphlets but uh not not anything not anything big it just requires an awful lot of time and focus that uh, that I find is taken up with photography and with some of the other things that I I do at the present moment
3: I I know you mentioned that the the book was for sale um as everybody's on social media and website links do, are you into social media and website
4: links? No, I'm not. No, I am so pretty primitive in that in that respect. Um, you know, uh, people talk about me on social media, but I don't. Uh, I've you know I've I watch Twitter because you've you've got to watch it. I don't uh, watch uh, Facebook. But I know that that that's one of the major communications. And if I was still in frontline politics, because I'm not now, if I was, then that would be one of the instruments that I would have to manage. But, you know, it's difficult in a way to think how quickly all this has come on us. I didn't have an email address when I was Secretary of State for Defence in 1997. You know, so that wasn't, you know, that just wasn't done. You know, emails were only starting to come in at that point. You know, the mobile phones were still shaped like bricks. So it's a quite dramatic change that has taken place. You know, the velocity of change is, is quite dramatic. So, you know, I can live without that as it stands at the present moment. in the, in the, in the activities that I do, uh, I don't need it.
3: The autobiography. Would you never reconsider this?
4: Yeah, well, there are times when I, I think I can jot down some of the, the, the sort of anecdotes. I've done a lot in my, in my time. I was shadow secretary of state for Scotland at a remarkable period before, you know, and and had a lot to do with the creation of the of the Scottish Parliament. You know, the Ministry of Defence period was quite. Dramatic with the war in, uh, in, in, in Kosovo and then in NATO I had 9-11 and Afghanistan and Iraq and, uh, and Macedonia. So, you know, there's a lot of stories I've had time to write them down. You know, last week I, I broke off my, uh, my holiday in Isla to go to North Macedonia, um, a small country, you know, just north of, of Greece. Um, because 20 years ago, just now, they had an insurgency, you know, and it was a developing civil war, you know, real fighting you know, uh, going on between the army and the insurgents. And I spent a lot of time that year with Javier Solana, who was the EU's uh, high representative, uh, negotiating and trying to stop the war before it really got out of control, and we did. And we got a peace agreement uh, in in August, uh, two thousand and one, um, that that settled the argument that was going on. So this was the twentieth anniversary. So I flew out, uh, six plane journeys, six train journeys, and four car journeys uh, <coughs> a, a, as a break from uh, from Isla. And I was I met some of the people from the insurgency, the fighters from the insurgency. One of whom is now the deputy interior minister of the country. I met the leader of the insurgency. For we had lunch with him and the prime minister together, of North Macedonia. You know, and it was amazing to see a country which had been on the brink of a a genuine civil war, where there were. You know, I saw the graves of the fighters and of the soldiers when I was there. I went to both uh, memorials. Um, and it, it was prevented. You know, we stopped it. And here's a country that's actually lived since then, with both communities participating in the government of the of the uh, of the country. So yeah, yeah, there's been a lot of colour in uh, in my life so far, but I haven't written it down.
3: I know we were talking earlier before you came um, to join us, but with your involvement in so many things. We, as ordinary people, don't know what's going on. As we always say, behind the scenes, these things are happening all the time. Um, so an autobiography would be... Um, you know, the word is good heavens, so did that happen? And it was the same as we were talking when you joined us about Les Wilson and about the tea. You know, a, a interesting subject. Yeah, But our main... main discussion was obviously on the phot- photography.
4: The, the thing about Isla is that everybody's at the same level. It doesn't matter who you are. You know, I was a wee boy born in the police station in Port Ellen. You know, I had a squint in my eye. I was really self-conscious and very, very shy as a youth. Now, a lot of people can't believe that, you know, that you, know, you would ever be, but I was. And it was a debating society at school and then a university that sort of brought out, you know, the, the 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 sort of cheekiness and assertiveness that I suppose I've 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 got today. But I, you know, but I'm still, you know, the 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 wee boy that was born in Port Ellen, you know, and 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 this island is a leveler. I used to come with bodyguards, you know, when I. You know Belgian bodyguards and then special branch bodyguards. You know, but you know, I wasn't. I was. I hadn't changed. I was simply, so me. And that's the, the the quality of the, of the island. You know, a, a couple of Saturdays ago, I was in the co-op in Beaumont, and I met Alistair Carmichael, formerly the Secretary of State for Scotland, and a man who went to Port Ellen Primary School, as well. So the two ex Cabinet ministers are having a chat about the ferry situation beside the chiller cabinet in in, in Beaumont Co-op, you know, and, and nobody thinks anything of it, you know, and I was in the car park at the Macri Hotel the other day and I met, you know, James Purnell, who used to be a cabinet minister and then a top bod in the BBC, and when I went into the hotel, here's a, another member of the House of Lords who used to be a European commissioner, you know, but nobody notices. You know, if you're an Isla, you know, you just you know somebody you meet. And that's interesting, sort of thing. But it's not, it's not a big, it's not a big deal. And that's the lovely thing about coming home to Isla. Yeah.
3: Right. I think on that note, um, we will close.
4: Well, just remind people that the what the book's called and the price, and it's available in Roy's and the letterbox and in the museum. <laughs>
3: Hold on, I will ne- I will now do a sales pitch on behalf of Sir George. The book is Isla, a personal portrait of the island, Lord George Robertson. George, what can I say? Um, it's been a, a very, very interesting afternoon, not only with regard to um, the photography and your involvement in photography, but also of the things that you have done in your political career, we might persuade you to do an autobiography which on a a future visit to Isla we can discuss on our podcast. Once again, many thanks.
4: Great pleasure.
3: Thank you.
1: Excellent. Thank you, Glenn. That was fascinating. I don't know about you, Jasmine, but I had to go through the whole book to see who was in it. Quite a few familiar faces.
2: And as Lord Robertson was very quick to point out, more than once. The book Isla, A Personal Portrait of the Island by Lord George Robertson is available for purchase at Roy's in Bemore and at the Blue Letterbox in Port Ellen. All
1: proceeds from the sale go to support the Museum of Isla Life in Port Charlotte, that we all know and love, so go and buy yourself a copy to check out if you're in it. Next, more about the partnership between MyFoss and Isla. So over the past few months we've been talking about how we could work together. Um, It seems like a perfect match. We are so like-minded when it comes to helping people express themselves and training them up in terms of digital media. So in July, we held a really exciting two-day workshop on songwriting and music production presented by the Sony signed Band, James Edwin and the Borrowed Band. And in parallel with part of the workshop, we worked with Tom O'Farrell from This Is Isla. And
2: together, we put together this mini podcast segment introduced by Kayla and Myra and recorded in the Cyber Sound Studio here in Port Ellen.
1: So relax and enjoy all the beautiful tunes.
2: Hi, my name is Kayla and I'm from Bamoor. And this summer in 2021, we have learned about a music production workshop and learned how to record music. Hello, I'm Mara Erin McGillivray. I'm from Portellen And in this upcoming, podcaster's music from Brodie Shakespeare, Steve Martin and James Edwin.
5: Hi, my name is Brodie John Shakespeare and I live in Bridgend. And I am seven years old. I play just the whistle. I play Mary Had a Little Lamb.
6: Steve Martin originally from Ballymena in County Antrim I've lived in Eiley for about a month now the reason I came to your beautiful island is because my wife was uh, offered a job as a manager in one of the hotels here and uh, I sort of came along to uh, get her settled in and uh, I'll probably stay longer than than, uh, I'd planned I'm hoping to get some gigs around the island if possible whenever Nicholas says it's okay in the meantime I'm pulling pints it's the closest to home I've, I've been in a long time, even though it's uh, I'm, it's not the same country, but it's closer to home than I've been in a long, long time. Um, this song is one I, I wrote. It's called uh, From Everyone Here to Everyone There because at the start of the pandemic, when nobody was allowed out, I, I reconnected with a lot of friends from the past and uh, it was just nice to be able to keep in touch with them. So I wrote the song on the basis of
0: that. You're worried even if you make it through A thing's gonna be alright We're gonna buy a loaf of bread It's a highlight of your day You should know that I'll be here for you To help you chase the blues away Just give me a call A text or a FaceTime I will be waiting This end of the line We can reminisce off in and out then and now, as long as this old world keeps on a-turning, we'll get through this somehow. Friday night. Sleep, it don't come easy. You lie awake till the broad daylight. None of this seems real, like a nightmare that just won't end. It don't matter where you are, you've still got a friend. Just give me a call, a text, or a FaceTime. I will be waiting this end of the line. We can reminisce. Talk of then and now As long as this old world keeps on turning We'll get through this somehow Never be the same old human race. You gotta pluck up courage, give an old friend a warm embrace. A Chris Hill, Grishill, Bedford, Benedore, Glasgow, London, Shannon Tart. We'll walk on through this storm. Just give me a call, a text or a FaceTime. I will be waiting, this end of the line. We can reminisce talk of then and now as long as this old world keeps on turning we'll get through this somehow why don't you give me a call a text or a facetime i will be waiting this end of the line we can reminisce talk of then and now as long as this old world keeps on a turning get through this somehow
7: Edwin and I sing in the band James Edwin in the Borough band and uh, this is one of my songs it's called there's always one another record song just as I'm getting up How did you find The strength to stay up And you keep moving on Just as I'm slowing down There's always something To get to in this town In this time Yeah, there's always one Hear the song! Yeah, that's all. I see you, but if it's come for me, I'll say I saw it too. Nothing like having a brush get all the dust and stuff. Sometimes.
1: Hi, I'm Ellen Bryn-McMurray from Portellan. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this podcast. Thanks to everyone who helped put this together. We really hope that you enjoyed it.
2: We heard music from Brodie Shakespeare, Steve Martin and James Edwin. And hosting from Kayla Keogh, Mara McGilfrey and Ellen McMurray. And a call out to Tom O'Farrell who helped the group put everything together.
1: And that's just the beginning of what we're planning. It's very exciting. Um, thanks to the whole This Is Isla team for their support, especially technically. We're really looking forward to lots of creative work together. So what we hope to do is fill the place full of music, of podcasts, of opinions, of people expressing themselves and young people finding their voice, especially in these post-pandemic times where we've been without music, we've been without social gatherings. It's a great opportunity for us to, to encourage expression and look at ways that we can have maybe open mic nights where we can look at live music events and really give the community and our young people something to look forward to. Our local community of Port Ellen has music and performance at its heart. So we want to encourage people back into the the routine and the, the normality of having a great time through having Kayleys, through listening to music, through um, gathering together on a, on a weekly or more often basis. Um, to to really kind of bring that out in the community again as it was hidden for so long. So more exciting stuff is going to be on the new programme, which is the Autumn Winter Programme of Activities and Events um, that will be available from the 6th of September. Um, On that, there'll be lots of activities within the Cyber Sounds studio, whether that's podcasting, music recording, music mixing. Um, and then we'll share all of our tunes and all of our um, podcasts with you all. So I hope you're looking forward to that. I know that we've had some great conversations, Jasmine, that we wish we'd recorded. Um, what are your thoughts on what we can do with this podcast in the future?
2: Well, as you said, you know, we've had very interesting conversations and I have uh, quite a few ideas of many possible topics that we can include in these future podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh example would be Isla History... Isla has a lot of fantastic and interesting history and, you know, many other topics that could help people um, express themselves, gain more confidence, um, like the LGBTQ community, you know, many topics that would help young people um, feel more comfortable.
1: Yeah, sharing ideas, finding a voice and finding support as well
2: and having fun.
1: So come along, we're going to have a lot of fun and you'll learn a lot too.
2: Just before we go, a quick reminder, that at This Is Isla, we're looking for your Isla injury stories to be featured in future podcasts and also if you have any other ideas um, for future podcasts, we'd love to hear them from you.
1: You can email them to us at thisisisla@gmail.com. at gmail.com. You can also follow us on social media, on Facebook at This Is Isla, on Twitter at This Is Isla and on Instagram at This Is Isla podcast.
2: And look for a new website coming soon at www.thisisila.co.uk.
1: You've been listening to This Is Isla, a volunteer led podcast celebrating the people, places, and events which shape the island communities of Isla and Jura.
2: Thank you for listening. Join us again next time and don't forget to subscribe. Bye. Bye. Thank you
5: for listening to this
0: episode of This Is Isla Podcast. Our theme song is Thrift
5: Crazy Cashback by Crazy sure.